American League teams have been busy this offseason trying to catch the reigning champs, the Rangers, as the best team in the American League. On today's show, I'm breaking down which team posed the busy, biggest threat to the Rangers going back-to-back as American League champs. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's episode, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, it is an undeniable fact the Texas Rangers are reigning World Series champions, which means they are champions of the American League, which means they are the best team in the American League and all of baseball until dethroned by some other team. But there are a lot of projections out there and a lot of speculation and a lot of, honestly, unfounded hating on the Texas Rangers and belief in their legitimacy of the team that won the championship just three months ago. Just three months ago. By the way, we only have 50 days until opening day as of today. So sit there and rejoice because we are almost back to baseball season. Almost back. And I guess uh, also a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So that's also some pretty great news. But yesterday, Baseball Prospectus and uh, Petcoa is their uh, projection system, uh, as they as they call it. I forget exactly what Petcoa stands for. Um, but basically, it's it's projecting who it thinks is going to be good this year, who it thinks is going to be bad this year, and uh, just how good a chance teams have at making the playoffs. And their projection for the Rangers was honestly kind of in, insanely low it had the rangers as an 86 win team 86 wins they think this team is four wins worse than the team that kind of snuck in to the playoffs and then went ham and won the world series and did not lose a single road game in the postseason they think the loss of jordan montgomery mitch garver Martin Perez, and a handful of mediocre relievers to bad relievers makes this team four games worse. And I guess they don't really like the additions the Rangers made in the bullpen or the signing of Tyler Malley, or they just don't believe in this team in general, which seems to be the case around a lot of different places. But this team, I think, is primed to be better in 2024 than in 2023. But a lot of other teams in the American League got a lot better this offseason. There were a lot of teams who had very impressive offseasons. So I'm going to go division by division, talk about each team and how much they scare me in their chances of dethroning the Rangers as the best team in the American League. Now let's start in the AL West. Let's start uh, as the team projected the highest win total in the American League as the Houston Astros. Now the Astros haven't done a whole lot this offseason. They didn't particularly need to 
they were a very, very good team. Last year, a team that you know really struggled in the first half and caught the Rangers on the final day of the season to win that AOS crown, which means absolutely nothing. But they also are a team that suffered a lot of injuries last year. Their two best players, their two best position players, I guess just two best players in general, Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez, have had a really, really difficult time staying healthy in the past few years. It was kind of a freak injury from Altuve, who had a broken hand that was broken by being hit by a pitch in the World Baseball Classic, which the World Baseball Classic is not going to happen this year, so maybe that won't happen. Um, but it's been difficult for Altuve to stay on the field the last couple of years. And, and Alvarez has suffered from knee injuries and all kinds of different injuries in his major league career. Um, missed a lot of games last year, only played in 114 games. Played in 135 in 22, 144 in 21, and just two games in 2020. Granted, that was a shortened season, obviously. But still, it's been a little bit of a... a difficulty for him to stay on the field also the rotation for the Astros which was supposed to be one of the best in baseball last year really fell off to the point where they needed to trade two of their top prospects for Justin Verlander um, and also get some some cash for the Mets because that was just what the Mets were deciding to do of offload 40 year old aces um, for lots and lots of money that they paid lots and lots of money but Christian Javier really took a step back last year. We saw a couple of good starts from him in the playoffs, and then a uh, my favorite start of Christian Javier's in the history of Christian Javier is Game 7 of the ALCS, which, uh, in case you forgot how that went, it did not go particularly well. But the biggest addition by the Astros this offseason is an addition by subtraction of Yiner Diaz being the primary catcher this year. He had a really great year last year. Very, very impressive. He is not going to be taken, none of his at-bats are going to be taken away by Martin Maldonado. Dusty Baker is gone, though. He was a very steadying force on that team, and I think that that will be a little difficult for them to to kind of weather what it's like without Dusty Baker. Plus, two of your biggest stars are on expiring deals or are going to be free agents at the end of the season in Altuve and Bregman. Bregman's almost assuredly gone. Altuve, we'll see what kind of deal they 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 work to keep him back, if they keep him back. But they also brought in Josh Hader, who's a really great addition for their bullpen. Going to give them, I think, pretty clearly the nastiest bullpen in all Major League Baseball. They really scare me as the team that uh, has obviously given the Rangers some problems. The only team to win multiple games in a playoff series against the 2023 World Series champion Texas Rangers. That's a darn good team. And you got to give them their respect because they have been very, very good the last few years um, for many, many years. But you can see this championship window closing just a little bit. I think some desperation might creep in there and might start to cause some problems. It might start to cause this team to finally push and be a little nervous for the first time when it feels like forever um, because they can see their window closing the rangers window opening and another team in the al west their window is opening up pretty big and that window is for the seattle mariners who of i think almost all the teams in the american league i think i like their offseason the best which about like three weeks ago is not something that i would be saying about the seattle mariners They've made some interesting trades. At first, it just looked like they were shedding payroll to shed payroll. It didn't seem like they were linked to any top-tier free agents outside of uh, Blake Snell, which really made absolutely no sense because they needed a lot of offensive help. But they made a great signing in Mitch Garver, who's going to be their primary DH. That gives them uh, more depth to this lineup. 
They also made a, a really good trade for Jorge Polanco, a all-star caliber second baseman who, if he can be healthy, he's a, a switch hitter who hits for power and, and really gives them some, some pop in that lineup. They also made some other shrewd deals, uh, making a deal for Mitch Hanniger, who did not work out very well in San Francisco, and they traded Robbie Ray, who hadn't really worked out in Seattle. Kind of a a hope, a gamble that uh, a new change of scenery would would fix both of those guys. And but a lot of the questions with the Mariner with the Mariners and their offense is mainly about health. They've got Julio Rodriguez and uh, J.P. Crawford, both of them excellent hitters, excellent players. Um, Raleigh has been one of the better catchers in baseball, defensively, offensively. Um, the on-base and, and batting average isn't there, but he, man, that dude can slug. He can hit the crap out of a baseball. And, and France is coming off a really, really rough year. But the corner of their outfield looks looks a lot better than it did um, a couple weeks ago uh, with Luke Rayleigh primarily being their left fielder. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, if he can stay healthy, that would be a pretty big upgrade. Um, but if there's some injuries to Mitch Hanniger or Polanco, this offense starts to look really thin again. And same with Mitch Garver, who has suffered um, quite a few injuries in his career. Um, this is a really, really darn good team. Their rotation is, I'd say, the best in baseball by a pretty comfortable margin, in my opinion. Their bullpen just got better. They made a trade for Santos, who's got some really, really nasty stuff. They already had Munoz, Brash, and Spire back there. I mean, this is just a really good team. It scares me. Um, they haven't done a whole lot in the playoffs in their history. Actually, the Texas Rangers won as many series playoff series in 2023 as the Mariners have in their entire franchise history, which goes back all the way to the 70s. But this is still a darn good team that definitely um, scares me pretty significantly I think might even have a better season than the Astros this year. Now you look around the rest of the AOS, there's not not a whole lot of cause for concern. The Angels, I think, will be scrappy and annoying, and the A's will participate in the Major League Baseball season, allegedly. But the rest of the AOS, I think it's obviously a three-horse race between the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners. All three of those teams are really darn good, and I think any of those three could be the best in the American League. Coming up, we're going to look at the AL Central. A couple of teams that I think are flying really under the radar, including one that had a very surprisingly outstanding offseason that nobody saw coming. Right after this word from our sponsors. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. There are all kinds of bets you can make on this year's Super Bowl, from everything from you know who's going to win the MVP to what color is the Gatorade going to be poured on the winning coach. Right now, the favorite is yellow slash lime or green at plus 380. Also, that's tied with purple, also at plus 380. Uh, water or clear at plus 1,000. That feels like uh, definitely a, a wild bet to make. There's also bets on if there can be a scoregami. All kinds of different little props, like if Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy are going to combine to rush for 50-plus yards, plus 150. All kinds of different things you can bet on the Super Bowl. So get in on the action. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. On. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On is launched the first ever 24-7 national sports streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, the AL Central is, uh, well... To put it to put it mildly, 
has not been very good for the last, I don't know, five years, basically. It's been a long time since there's been a true contender out of the American League Central, and I think that might still be the case this year. I think the obvious pick for who's going to win the AL Central is the Minnesota Twins, and it all depends on the health of Byron Buxton, in my opinion. They just lost Sonny Gray this offseason, but the rotation is still incredibly solid. Last year it was really, really deep, and their bullpen, I think, was sneakily maybe the best in all of baseball last year with Johan Duran, um, Jax, Stewart, Thielbar. Um, they just acquired a Topa from the Mariners, and I thought that was a really, really solid trade for them. And they've got a, a pretty decent infield of Carlos Santana, Eduard Julien. Uh, let's see how healthy Carlos Correa is. And, and Royce Lewis had a really, really solid year last year. Buxton obviously has the superstar ceiling. He is going to be playing majority of his games in center field this year. If he can be healthy, I mean, he's shown he's one of the best players in all of baseball. He's just absolutely thrilling to watch. But I kind of hope that he is healthy because it's been a struggle for him to stay on the field and stay productive. I mean, last year as a primary, as almost exclusively a DH, uh, he still wasn't healthy. So still a lot of questions about the Twins and uh, – I'm not super, super high on them this year, especially since they let my large adult son, Joey Gallo, walk um, and let Sonny Gray walk. I think they're still a solid team. Still will probably win the AL Central, but not a team that really scares me. A team that doesn't scare me as an AL contender, but a team that I really love their offseason is the Kansas City Royals, which is not something that I ever expected to be saying. They had one of the better offseasons in the American League of just being aggressive and, and trying to improve in a big way. I think they kind of saw what the Rangers did of, of their massive, massive improvements from, you know, the hundred losses in 2021 to a world series championship in 2023. I don't think they have quite the infrastructure, quite the, the depth of talent of, of young talent to supplement a kind of star core, but they've got young stars in the top of their rotation in Cole Reagan's. Um, you're welcome, Kansas city. And they got a young star at shortstop in Bobby Witt jr. Who they just signed to a massive, Massive extension to keep him in Kansas City. Love that for them. Love that for baseball. Love that for Colleyville Heritage's Bobby Witt Jr. Is one of the stars in our game. Had a sneaky, absolutely sensational season last year. I mean, just absolutely amazing. Look at his second half numbers. And he was one of the best players in the entirety of Major League Baseball. I mean, the guy is an elite defender at shortstop now. There were some questions about that. He's one of the fastest players in the game. His hit tool has improved massively. His approach has improved, and he's got a lot of power in that bat. The guy had superstar potential from the day that they drafted him from Colleyville, and he is absolutely living up to it at a a very nice, going to be a very nice player for Kansas City for years and years to come. And they were surprisingly aggressive on the free agent market. I mean, they acquired several starting pitchers that I thought the Rangers might take a look at. Seth Lugo was signed to a three-year deal. Michael Waka was signed to a two-year deal. They also brought former Rangers and World Series champions Chris Stratton and Will Smith to the bullpen. They signed Hunter Renfro, which I thought was a pretty solid deal. And they also brought in Adam Frazier, who uh, I, I could have sworn had already been a Royal for a long time because he just kind of fits their profile, especially that 2015-2014 Royals squad of guy who doesn't have a lot of power, makes a lot of contact, doesn't strike out. I mean, that if you would have told me he was on that 2014 or 2015 Royals team, I would have been like, yeah, of course he was. It makes a lot of sense. But I don't think they're quite contenders just yet. If they approach 500, 
that's going to be a huge improvement for them, and I would love that for them. Uh, I think they got a couple other really interesting players in uh, Vinny Pasquantino, I think is going to have a really solid season. You obviously got your, your two stars on either side of the game having an ace that's young, controllable, and left-handed. That's fun. Bobby Witt Jr. is a player that they would almost never be able to get in free agency. So keeping him in Kansas City for the long term, I think, is a great move for them. And uh, I'm just excited for Kansas City having um, having that kind of hope for the future and you know investing in their club. You really, really love to see it. The Tigers are a th- team that are going to be probably pretty scrappy. Um, their offseason has been fine, not anywhere near as as flashy or as, as big spending as um, as what the Royals are doing, but. They signed one of their prospects to a long-term deal in Colton Keith, uh, or just just Colt Keith, not Colton, a six-year deal through 2029. I think that's a great deal for them of you know investing in their team. They lost Eduardo Rodriguez to Arizona. They lost uh, Jose Cisnero to the Angels, and um, it's it's I think a fine team. Um, they've got some young guys to dream on that I think should be. Um, exciting riley green is is a guy who i'm excited about spencer tolkelson had a really really good season last year um colt keith will we'll see what he looks like this year and um yeah i mean good on him i think they should be a fun team the guardians i don't know what the heck they're doing um they should be fine i'm not that excited about their season i think their their offense is again going to be bland their pitching is going to be good and uh maybe they'll trade their former Cy Young winner in uh, Shane Bieber and maybe they won't but I'm not that not that invested in the rest of the AL Central I mean the Chicago White Sox are once again still a disaster fire I mean just an absolute dumpster fire because that's just what they have been the only question about them is how good is Luis Robert going to be this year um, they have made some kind of interesting signings of guys who I I wasn't really keeping that close of tabs on and maybe they'll trade Dylan Cease but uh, the White Sox are going to be uh, very stinky in 2024 and there will not be a need to be a lot of attention paid to them so coming up we're going to look at the AL East some guys some teams who I think had incredible off seasons and, and some that I think are even though they had a great off season are still being quite a bit overrated because of their history we're gonna talk about that right after this word from our sponsors Now, the AL East, the AL Beast, as they call it, allegedly the most important division in all of Major League Baseball, even though uh, it's been a hot minute since an AL East team has even won the American League. It's been since the pandemic, since 2020, since an AL East team has won uh, the American League. And and only one time since 2019. I mean, it's not been a super banner few years for the AL East. Yeah, they've won a lot of games in the regular season, but uh, those AL East teams combined to not win a single playoff series. I don't even think they won a playoff game. I can't remember if the Blue Jays... No, I think they they got swept by the Twins. Um, but the Rangers went 5-0 and against the AL East last year. The amazing, uh, indomitable, uh, clearly the best teams in all of the American League uh, and the, the Rays and the Orioles and the Rangers didn't lose a single game against either of those teams. Just a nice little comforting fact to um, remind yourself of that. But I think the team that I'm most scared of is is John Smoltz's favorite team, obviously. Everybody knows. The Baltimore Orioles, who have had a mostly very, 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 very quiet offseason. And then, in the last couple of weeks, have had an incredibly loud couple of weeks. They're getting a new owner who is rich 
and excited about spending money on a good team. I think the Orioles have the best front office in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, from top to bottom, their, their scouting department, their analytics, their, their drafting, their pro and amateur, the trades they make, the, everything they do has been really darn good. And they were kind of crazy in, in the way that you think, if they just spend like a little bit of money, they'd be unstoppable. And it seems like they might just almost be willing to do that. They just made a huge trade for Corbett Burns. I think their rotation is is going to give Seattle a run for its money as the best in the American League. I think it's better than the Rangers right now. I think it's definitely deeper. I mean, when Kyle Radish is your number two and uh, Grayson Rodriguez is probably your number four, that is a really, really good place to be. And you have Corbin Burns, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last three, four years as your ace. That's a really, really good really, really good place to be in. Also, they're going to be adding one of, if not the top prospect in all of baseball in Jackson Holiday at shortstop, who should be really darn good. They've got superstars at third base and, and, and catcher, and they don't have a single bad player as an everyday guy. I mean, their lineup is, is if, it's, if, not, if not the Rangers, which I still think the Rangers have the deepest lineup in the American League. If it's not the Rangers, though, then it is the Orioles. Because the amount of guys that you just look on there and you're like, Okay, I don't really know much about that guy, but he's got like an 800 OPS and he's hitting seventh or eighth for the Orioles. That's the kind of lineup they have, which is similar to the Rangers, which is why I think the Orioles are going to be so stinking good this year. Their bullpen is going to fall off just a little bit without having Felix Bautista. That is a, a huge bummer for them. This would have been, I think, the favorite in all of, at least all of the American League. They might still be the favorites in the AL for me. I, I still think they might be the best team in the regular season in the AL this year. Um, but Craig Kimbrell is a solid addition. Yenny Cano is still um, really solid. The rest of their bullpen is is decent. And I think they're only getting better because their team is so young. This team scares the absolute bejesus out of me. And uh, I think they can be really darn good for this year and for years to come. Trying to get a crossover with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles talking about which team, the Rangers or the Orioles, has a brighter future of running the AL for the next five years. Look out for that either sometime this week or next week, hopefully sooner as opposed to later. Now, let's look at another team that I think is getting a a team that I think is getting overlooked because of their history. Petcoa has this team finishing with the second best record in the American League. They have the Astros at 95.0 wins, and they have the New York Yankees at 94.4 wins. Really? 94.4 wins? A 92% chance to make the playoffs. The Yankees, coming off a historically horrible year where it took some real trying to get over 500, a record they have not finished with below 500 since I think maybe my lifetime. And I'm turning 30 in a week before opening day. Um, it's been a while since the Yankees have had that bad a season. And they did do a lot to try and get better. But I don't know how much it improved the things that they really particularly needed to improve. They had a solid offseason. You can't say trading for Juan Soto is a bad offseason. There's no way you can say that. I don't care what you gave up. I don't care if it was just for one year. Juan Soto is absolutely incredible. One of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. You had an offense of your top two is Aaron Judge and Juan Soto. That's pretty darn incredible. Now you look at the rest of their offense, and it's not quite as exciting as you would kind of hope. I think Trent Grisham will be sneaky pretty solid for them as giving Aaron Judge some time off his feet in center field. I really don't get the Alex Verdugo trade. I don't love that for them. 
I don't think he's that much of an upgrade in left field. He's going to take some, you know, some at bats from Juan Soto. Or I guess some time in the field from Juan Soto, um, or maybe Juan Soto is going to play right. It's just, I'm not sure what they're doing with their outfield. Their rotation, they didn't add too much to it, and they lost a little bit from it in the trade for uh, Juan Soto. But they still got Garrett Cole, the best pitcher in the American League by far last year as their ace. They added Marcus Stroman, who is fine, but if he's your number two, I'm not that excited about it. If Carlos Rodon can stay healthy, which he's had more issues staying healthy than Jacob DeGrom, and I think he'll probably pitch more innings than DeGrom this year because DeGrom's not coming back till August, but I'm not entirely sure he will. And then the rest of your rotation is some combination of Clark Schmidt, Nestor Cortez, Clayton Beater. Um, that's not exactly inspiring a whole lot of confidence. Obviously, the rotation is still solid, but you look at their infield, and it's just there's not a whole lot of offense coming from there. Volpe had an okay first season as a rookie. Um, Glaber Torres is a solid player that I think it's a lot. I see a lot more hate on him from Yankees fans than I think I would give if I was a Yankees fan. Anthony Rizzo has not been what they've expected. DJ LeMahieu has, has fallen off pretty su- substantially, and Austin Wells is going to be their their primary catcher if it's not Jose Trevino, and that's not exactly an incredibly deep lineup. Maybe get some health from Giancarlo Stanton, and you have a top three of. Uh, Judge, Soto, Stanton. Um, but I think their lineup is kind of flimsy and, and not deep enough to contend in that incredible AL East. I, I just I don't see them winning 95 games in almost any scenario unless you get just everybody's healthy, everybody's the best version of themselves, and that's pretty darn optimistic for them. The next team I'm, I'm most scared of in the AL East is probably the Rays just because it's the Rays. They're going to win 90 to 95 games, Every single year, barring absolute catastrophe, even with absolute catastrophe, they still won 100 games last year, or was it 98 games? I think it was 100 games, and they lost you know two of their best starters for the year, like a month in, and they were still incredible. They did lose Tyler Glass now this offseason, but I mean, I think they'll be fine because they still got F1, Savali, Latell, Pepio, Taj Bradley, Shane Boz, Drew Rathmussen. As, as their rotation for this year. I mean, their offense is going to be pretty solid, and Junior Caminero is going to be up at some point. He's one of, if not the, the best prospects in all of baseball. He'll probably be playing a decent amount of uh, shortstop. They've got uh, you know an offense that is full of names you haven't heard of but are all really solid, um, or you don't really hear that much about in Isaac Paredes, in um, or not uh Diaz, I was about to say Yiner Diaz, Yanni Diaz, um, Brandon Lau, and Josh Lowe. I mean, it's just a solid team from top to bottom that is just very, very deep and just always good. And until the Rays have a season where they're you know below 85 wins, I'm going to predict every year that they're going to win at least 85 to 90 to 95 to 100 games because no matter who's on the roster, it's just what they freaking do. Now, the Blue Jays offseason has been pretty disappointing because of the guys who they've missed out on. And I haven't really super loved what they've done of the guys who they have gotten. But I think bringing back Kevin Kiermeyer is a, a solid option. They signed Yario Rodriguez, the uh, Cuban native who was in Japan, who has been a reliever and also a starter. I think he's going to be a starter with them, but um, we'll see how they end up using him. Their rotation is really, really solid, really deep. of Gossman, Bassett, Barrios. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll see what's happening with Alec Manoa. There are some positive reports from him, but last year was an unmitigated trash fire for him. If he can bounce back and be 
anywhere near the version of himself that we had seen in years past, then that is an incredibly good rotation. Their bullpen's fine of Romano, Suarez, and uh, Garcia, Meza, Chad Green, um, Hennessy's Cabrera. It's, it's fine. I think their offense is a bit overrated. Varsha was, was not the offensive force we thought he might be last year. Springer is is falling off a little bit every single year. Vladdy Guerrero is – they really need him to have an absolutely amazing year. Bo has been pretty solid um, for his entire career. If David Schneider can be you know, the Babe Ruth-level hitter he was for the month or so he was in the big leagues, and that's obviously going to bode well for him. But I think Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen are kind of a little overrated as a catching tandem and uh, are – I don't think either of them are as good or even combined as Jonah Heim or, um, well, Adley Rutschman for the Orioles. So I think this team needs it to a lot, especially when IKF is their projected everyday third baseman. I love IKF, but uh, that's not necessarily a lot of offensive value. And they're going to need big seasons again from, from Kevin Kiermaier, who had a really great offensive season last year. They're really going to need Varsho to step it up and, and Springer to be healthy and also step it up. And a big season from Justin Turner. Um, and they're losing Brandon Belt, who was a big part of their offense last year. So I don't know. The, the Blue Jays don't scare me all that much. And, I mean, there's only one team left in the AL East that I haven't talked about, and that's the Red Sox. I think it'll be about what they were last year of a scrappy round, you know, 80 to 84 win team. I mean, I think their offense is a little overlooked of, of what to expect from it. I don't know what to expect from Trevor Story. Uh, I really have no idea. I'm really glad the Rangers didn't end up going and getting Trevor Story. Tristan Casas is a really good first baseman. Their rotation is... Fine, but unspectacular. Their bullpen is sneaky, really, really good. I mean, Chris Martin had an incredible year last year as a setup man. Kenley Jansen is still still pretty darn good. Um, the addition of Tyler O'Neill, I think, should help their offense and should help maybe their defense a little bit. They've still got some young guys that are figuring it out as everyday guys. I'm really curious what uh, Von Grisham looks like next year. Um, kind of a guy who went under the radar of, of an addition that they made of you know, that, that kind of weird Chris sales trade that I don't think anybody really saw coming, but good on him. I think it helps them, especially for the long term. but I don't necessarily see them as being a team that challenges to win the AL East, let alone, you know, challenging for one of the best teams in the American league at all. Not, super scared of them in the near or long term particularly um but hey I, I think of the teams that are gonna knock off the rangers as the best team in the al i think i'd give the orioles the best shot i think the mariners might be the team that scares me the next most and then the astros and then maybe you get to the yankees and the rays i think they're both of those teams are right around the the same level of of terrifying for me but i mean and looking at all of these teams and you know, looking at the offseason they had and how much they improved, it's still nice to know that I mean, the Rangers, while they haven't done much this offseason, if they bring back Jordan Montgomery, then you know, perfect offseason, everything's amazing, what have you, especially if they get Monty and J.D. Martinez, like I'm hoping. But hey, this Rangers team is in a very, very good spot, looking to be even better next year in a dangerous and fun American League. But hey, world champs are state champs until someone knocks them off and with how this team is looking and how the rest of the AL is looking, I'm not sure that's going to happen in the year of our Lord 2024. But hey, that's going to do it for this edition. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.